This is episode 49 of the Soul of Sensitivity podcast. I'm your host, Anna Holden, the resident intuitive healer and witch at SensitivityUncensored.com. Each new and full moon, I bring you the voices of sensitive, empathic, and creative pioneers starting conversations to lift up the voices of sensitive souls who have a piece of the solution to help all of us evolve out of the limiting, patriarchal structures that bind us and start to create a new world that values us all. This is the Soul of Sensitivity. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the Soul of Sensitivity podcast, episode 49. Oh, my gosh. That means we've got one more episode left. That's what I've decided to do is to stop at episode 50. There's a few reasons for that, and I'll explain in the next episode. Um, But I am really looking forward to putting out this episode. Happy full moon. It's October. Oh, my gosh. Can you believe it? Well, I had the lovely opportunity to speak to Sarah Nakotra, and if you haven't followed Sarah or know of her work, I am just so excited to be the one to introduce it to you today. I have been following Sarah on Instagram for a long time now um, and wanting to reach out to her. And there was just this kind of serendipitous moment where she reached out to me uh, and I was like, yes, yes, please, let's talk. I've been wanting to do this and I just cannot wait to share this conversation with you today. So today, Sarah and I really dig into what it's like to be highly sensitive in a collapsed world. Oh my gosh. I know, I I get a little bit of chills thinking about that. You know, this is one of those subjects that we don't often talk about um, in the HSP community or in the spiritual community, that our world is broken, it's collapsed. If our world had a nervous system, it would be in freeze mode. It has collapsed. It's in on itself. What is it like to be a highly sensitive person in a collapsed world? And how do we not just manage, but really thrive? And how do we as, you know, with our important sensitive nervous systems, find the capacity and resiliency to start to heal this world that we're in to regulate the earth's nervous system, uh, if it will. We talk about, uh, you know, being in a health crisis and how our sensitivity is not the cause of our health crises. I know, has anyone ever said that to you? Your high sensitivity is not the reason that you're in a health crisis. (laughs) And so we talk about that. We go into quite a bit of, of nuance and um, and, and I just can't wait because this, this conversation is powerful and magical. And we're going to go there in just a moment. Just want to orient us a bit. Full moon. Full moon is happening Sunday, October 13th at about, let's see, 2.08 p.m. if you're in Pacific Daylight Time. 
Remember that a full moon is a culmination. It's the halfway point in the lunar cycle between new moon and new moon. And so this is the time of celebration, of looking back at the seeds we've planted and watered. This is the harvest time, right? And so you can think of the full moon energy like a spotlight, you know, shining down on what you've accomplished and pointing a light at the sign that it's in. So we have a full moon in Aries. Aries is all about oh, quick action, fast results, um, you know, undertakings that just involve ourselves, <laughs> you know, our personalities, um, you know, feeling rather um, spontaneous, but, you know, up to taking on challenges, beginning short-term projects. We become very motivated during Aries, particularly during a full moon. And, you know, Aries is great at um, helping us find solutions to anything that we're trying to pioneer, right? We've, we actually feel capable of taking on the task of pioneering. And so you might feel really energetic this weekend. You might also be a little impulsive and sometimes kind of tactless. So with any full moon, especially for us highly sensitive ones, it's important not to get overwhelmed by the amount of information or ideas that start to come in. And one thing that I notice is that a lot of times for myself and for the people I work with, during the full moon, we get full of so many ideas and we have so much energy that we just start a bunch of stuff. And then as the moon wanes and we move towards a new moon, we realize, actually, I don't have the energy for this. Usually that looks something like, oh my gosh, why can't I stay productive? I'm so terrible, blah, blah, blah. But really, it's, it's just simply a matter of taking on too much while the collective energy is high and not um, allowing those ideas to properly um, gestate. So feel free during this new moon or sorry, this full moon to take advantage of the energy you have and get a bunch of short term projects done. You know, finish that, for me, finish that quilt that's sitting unfinished. Fold the six, you know, baskets of laundry. Whatever it is that just needs to be done that's been sitting around, go ahead and do those. But be cautious of taking on projects, starting long-term projects at this time. My advice would be to take those ideas of those projects into the new moon. Your next new moon is on Sunday. October 27th, and see if it still feels right to start it then. That way you will know if it's something you can really carry through the next phase. And speaking of full moons, I am feeling like a full moon right now. I'm, let's see, 29 weeks pregnant. You guys, I'm in, I mean, I don't know if this is technically the home stretch, but third trimester. So I'm definitely becoming rounder. Um, definitely becoming, um, there's a lot more motion happening inside of there. And I am kind of using this full moon energy to try to wrap up everything I can before my maternity leave starts uh, mid-December. A couple of announcements. I have, well, and I'm in the process of finishing an ebook. 
Um, and I am so excited to get this ebook out there. I really wanted to create this for all of you highly sensitive people who are out there and maybe have wanted to take a program but couldn't afford a program or whatever it is and just have this resource for you. My book is called Embracing High Sensitivity, Your HSP Guidebook to Eliminating Overwhelm, Handling Difficult Emotions, and Becoming the Boss of Your Life. I am so excited to get this out there. The book launches on December 11th. Now, if you are listening to this in real time, so this is the week of October 13th, if you send me an email, Anna at sensitivityuncensored.com, and say, I want to get your book first, I'll send you information on how you can get the book at the pre-sale price. I would love to do that for you because you've been a listener, you've followed me through the show. If you're listening in real time, please give me, uh, reach out, send me an email. I'll give you all the details on how you can get this book, this ebook, beautifully designed ebook, by the way. Um at a reduced pre-sale price and have it in your hands before the holidays, it's yours. All right, shifting back to my conversation with Sarah. I think you're really going to enjoy this conversation. It felt very potent to me. When I got off of the phone, I just felt excited and empowered about the work that us highly sensitive people are doing on the planet and our place here on the planet. So let me introduce Sarah. So Sarah H. Nakotra is an ICF and heart math certified coach and experienced spiritual care provider. Her work helps sensitive people live rooted, resilient, magical lives. You can find out more about Sarah at www.likeavitaminforyoursoul.com. Without further ado, here's my conversation with Sarah. I am so excited to talk about this um, collapsed world, being sensitive in the collapsed world. Yeah. This is like questions that I get asked all the time. And it's, um, I'm just seeing a lot of despair around it. So I'm really excited to hear what you have to say about all of that. Um, And to go into um, um, death and grief and all of those things that we you know, as a culture, don't like to talk about. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I feel like the culture of collapse is getting, it's having a moment online, right? It's, Mm -hmm. we're talking about mass extinction. We're talking about troubled times. The burning times never ended. I mean, whatever words people put on it, we're all talking about the same thing, right? This, this culture of collapse and yes, I care about the environment. Yes. I care about what that looks like um, in social structures, like how we're relating, but what does it look like for you on an individual level? Like, I know what it looks like for me. And it's been an insanely crazy, difficult journey. I mean, extremely Mm -hmm. difficult, so difficult that a lot of times it also involves other people. So I say nothing because privacy really matters, right? Mm -hmm. We all deserve to just go through our life experience and make mistakes and learn. And when things get hard, the last thing we want to do is take to the internet Mm -hmm. and, you know, tell people what's going on because the truth is, is no one really has the answers right now. 
right? Mm -hmm. That's the other like part of the pickle that we're in is mm -hmm. we've got a lot of people with opinions. So many. <laughs> nobody's really clear on what the solution is. And I feel like we're all in that together. Um, right. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've kind of sensed that we're at this edge of this like pioneering effort, you know, that like, that, like shit is getting real. The stakes are high and we all have to pioneer right now. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So like personally in my own life, you know, I, I don't carry a lot of identities and I think partly that's a function of like my privilege, right? Being a white straight presenting woman comes right. with a lot of inherent privilege where I don't really have to think about my identity, but the one that really shapes and informs my life is being highly sensitive. Now, I don't walk around in the world talking about being highly sensitive. It's more like my, my experience of life has just been marked by this. Like it's in, uh, inescapable. Does that make mm -hmm. sense? Absolutely. Well, and, yeah. I, and I actually love that distinction that you're not walking around, you know, using your high sensitivity as an identity or a badge of honor. It's just, it's just how you interact. Totally. Totally. Yes. Yes. And, and when I like to pretend that I'm not sensitive or I want to just be normal, <laughs> I pay the price and I pay a big one yeah. um, because it has never served me to, to just pretend like I'm not as sensitive as I, as I am. And I don't mean that as a weakness. I just mean that at, with my body, I could be anywhere at any given time. I'm going to somaticize the psychic energies, period. I've learned that, right? Mm -hmm. yep. So then I have to be able to discern, is this mine? Is it yours? Is it, is it systemic? Is it at the individual level? Like there are mm -hmm. so many things to discern and identify. And sometimes the experience of being in the body is so overwhelming. It's hard to get the right answers. Right. Yes, so, absolutely. Sometimes you just have to take a breath and be, and just be in the body. Absolutely. Sometimes like that is the, the method. <laughs> absolutely. And yeah. so what happens when being in your body is a painful experience? What right. then? Right. Because, you know, my instinct is to just leave, like just leave my body. Sure. It's here, but I'm not really in it. Yeah. And I think that that's, I think that that is, I mean, that's what I see as kind of the norm for yes. HSPs. We are ejectors because yes. our bodies are, are painful because they're taking in more stimuli. Absolutely. Totally. So I, do you, do you remember like on the internet trends a couple of years ago, it was like, it's safe to be seen. Do you remember? Yes. Like, and I just, <laughs> I wanted to just like throw the spaghetti at the wall and just be like, I'm, this message isn't for me, right? This has nothing to do with safety and being seen. Like some of us have different experiences in our bodies and right. sensitive people, really, we are bearing the burden of the, of the unclaimed suffering in the world. And yeah. for me, like it was killing me, truly yeah. taking me to the edge where it's like, no, I found, I found my limit. Like this is yeah. my limit and I can't do it anymore. Yeah. Yeah. There's a, there's a book. I don't know if you've read it called healing through the dark emotions by Miriam Greenspan. I have not read that. No, it's, it's mm -hmm. wonderful. I talk about it a lot um, in my work, but one thing that I love is that she actually, it, it's, she's, it's the first place where I've seen somebody name 
you can feel the 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 effects of the collapsed world like you can mm. you can have feelings about the rainforest you are processing grief over you right. know animal extinction like that is a thing that is happening and is appropriate and some is she what is how does she put it she says we live in the world and the world lives within us mm, right because i right. know that i get a lot of uh, highly sensitive clients who say well i don't you know, I'm feeling this about this world thing, but I don't think I should be feeling that way. Mm. <laughs> or why am I feeling this about this? Or why am I um, so sad about this thing that I can do nothing about? Right. Well, I think it goes back to what you're saying. We're somaticizing the the leftover psychic energy, you know, in in the world, the the the, the kind of the the grief and that that energy that the other um mm -hmm. i shouldn't say the other but non-highly sensitive people are not picking up it has to go somewhere yeah. it's like orphaned it's orphaned yes. grief orphaned, orphaned suffering grief. yeah and mm -hmm. and one of the one of my like primary initiatives like on a personal note which of course is rippled out to you know things i share with clients but mm -hmm. personally i gave myself permission and this was just in the last year Mm -hmm. but I gave myself total and complete permission to really live a life that would cater to not suffering, like not even reaching for the mountaintops here, but like, mm -hmm. it's not my job, Sarah Nicotra's job to carry the orphan suffering of the world. And in fact, how might the dynamics change if I refused to pick that up? right? Mm -hmm. If I said, no, thank you, return to sender, because what we really need is for more people to take responsibility for themselves Absolutely. and to learn how to process all of these uncomfortable dynamics and feelings. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. You know, this is, it's interesting. I surveyed um, my newsletter recently, and um, one of the things that people were struggling with is I'm doing all of this work as a highly sensitive person, I'm taking responsibility and I am so disheartened that we live in a world where people can dodge their own responsibility. Oh, yeah. Which, is, which means that those who have a high bar for personal integrity are actually doing more than yes. others. And that in and of itself, like because I, I, I have that in myself, mm -hmm. I... Um, also think it's fair to say that's also not my job or my role. And it's not fair to those who, who need to have their learning experience. And, and I don't say this in like, I'm powerful. I take all the suffering of the world. I just mean that when you're, you know, when you can slip between the veils of consciousness, this shit is just, it's happening whether we talk about it or not, right? So right. if we can bring conscious discussion and choice and negotiation to the matter, then we actually can change the dynamics. And I love what you said about, you know, when you surveyed your people, um, one of the things that I added into like my own personal care plan mm -hmm. is, um, joy. Like I have a right to have so much fucking joy in my life that it annoys other people. Now I, I don't tend to live that way, but I have that right. Yes. Because if I am suffering to this degree, then I also have a right uh, to, to experience on the flip side, 
right? On the mm -hmm. other side of the coin. And mm -hmm. so that to me was like an entry portal to, okay, well, how much joy can I experience? And then really realizing how, um, and this is actually a really troubling trend that I see, but most, most of us highly sensitive people have early childhood trauma, right? Like most of us yeah. do. Yes. Right. So then we're adults, we're well-educated, we've worked and we've worked, but what happens is, is we tend to train these maladaptive patterns that are based in like good information, but then we've like trained or meditated ourselves into this other state. So it's not this healed state that we want to be in. It's this weird limbo space where it's like, well, I'm using my tools, but I'm stuck and I'm suffering. So then what? That's really confusing, right? Yeah, absolutely. You know, gosh, I think what you're hitting on is something that I've been talking over with a girlfriend. It's kind of like um, rooting down into these, this like really subconscious conditioning that, um, you know, compels us to operate in the world in a certain way, no matter what tools we're throwing at mm. or on top of how we operate, you know, there, there can be this um, conditioning, like you said, this kind of limbo state where we're still following a status quo that was not built for us. Right. And then we are throwing tools at it. So we're doing like extra, extra work. <laughs> Yes. Right. Does that, does that make sense? Just does to tough ourselves okay. out. Just to yes. be tired. Yes. Just to try to reach like <laughs> a sense of equilibrium, which then we're just like burning out on tools and self-care. Yeah. 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 I really feel like radical permission is so important, particularly for highly sensitive folks, because we are already oriented to the orphan suffering. So if we yes. do not give ourselves permission to seek and create and live on our terms, then we are trapped in that box that will never work for us. Now, giving ourselves permission is actually a really difficult um, it's a, well, I don't want to say it's difficult because that plants a seed that it's always has to be hard and it doesn't have to be, but it can be layered and take time to really surrender and give yourself full permission. You know, Absolutely. I'm still, Absolutely. still discovering that. Yeah. Yes. You know, I remember when I started working with the concept of permission for myself, when I, I remember this was, I don't know, a decade ago, a best friend and I were talking about this concept of permission and we made a deal where we would text each other if one of mm. us needed permission that we couldn't find within ourselves to give. I and so it. this was one of the ways that I baby stepped my way into permission is, is, you know, getting kind of using that for me, which was like the schoolgirl, I have to ask permission for everything. Sure. I would, I would, I just kind of, you know, use that with my friend. And eventually I was able to move that to myself, have more autonomy, you know, over the big permission. But I so agree with you, that concept of radical permission, it changes everything when we can learn to take steps to really open up our ability to have it. Yes. And I, I, I feel like quick, what quickly followed for me with the permission piece, and this actually came from a, a functional physician that I work really closely with, that she mm -hmm. has just physically brought me back to life in a way that, um, well, she's shown me how that it's safe to be in my body mm -hmm. from a physician's perspective, which is just, I mean, it's really enriched and enhanced my life. But one of the things that um, she helped me understand was that I needed to reap 
orient my satellites. And for highly sensitive, intuitive people, I think that this concept is so effective. So if you want, I can just give a little blurb on it because I think your people would love it. Yes, please. Okay. So the idea is that, again, it's rooted in highly sensitive, early childhood trauma. We tend to be hypervigilant, right? Constantly. Yes. Scanning the environment for the threat, the potential threat, who's got a feeling, what's that, you know, like it's just Uh this. Uh It's it's not a healthy coping mechanism. It's based in survival. And Uh so even when we do the work and it's like, well, I know that that is not a healthy mechanism and I can change my behaviors intuitively, energetically, we have to intervene at that level to change the habit. Mm -hmm. So the satellites are the working mechanism for it. So what I did is I envisioned myself surrounded by satellites. Let's, let's say like 10, you know, 360 degrees around my body. And I turned 80% of them to face me. So that 80% of what the satellites are scanning is Sarah's needs, Sarah's biological, physiological, emotional, the whole gig, right? Because I need to pay more attention to what's happening with me Mm -hmm. and my internal circumstances than outside because the outside happens so fast and so quick. Mm -hmm. I need to like slow it down so I can understand. And then act appropriately, right? Like according to like what's needed. Mm -hmm. So reorienting the satellites. Okay. I'm still going to keep 20% facing outwards so that I can still scan for threats or harm. Or, you know, I always have an eye out for the underdog or a kid out in public who's Mm -hmm. not, you know, you just never know, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying I want to not pay attention. I'm just mm-hmm. saying that this is the paradigm that gives me 80% of autonomy and surveillance over Sarah and mm-hmm. self and 20% outside, which I, makes more sense. Yes. I love this because I mean, what I hear you saying is that I'm changing, you know, the orientation of my awareness. Yes. I'm changing because our awareness, you know, stretches far beyond the nervous system, I would say, and into the subtle body, which I, I mm-hmm. kind of look at as an extension of the nervous system totally. for all totally. people. But it's very, it's very, it's almost the subtle body for, for highly sensitive people is almost tactile. Like mm. it's almost not subtle because we're picking up so much information. Right. And so kind of what I hear you saying is, okay, my awareness of the, of the subtle is going to go 80% towards me now. Right. And I right. love that. I love that. Absolutely. What a great, what a great um, piece of information from a physician. Oh, I'm, what I love is that she speaks to me in my language, like her yes. weird matches my weird. So I was like, I'm, I'm love it. And the reason why it's so effective is because satellites already have a program and a template. So we're just tapping into that for our own use. Like we're not building something from the ground up. Right. right. So right. we're just saying this is already happening. I'm renegotiating the terms. And by the way, you are free to set the percentage of what's turned in and turned out. 80-20 worked really well for me. But, you know, you are free to decide the terms for yourself that work best. 
This is awesome. You know, something that I just want to mention here, and this is not going to quite be a tangent, but I'm going to take us in a slightly different direction, yeah. is that I think um, how you and I connected to um, work on this podcast was actually through a bit of an Instagram rant that I had around um, spiritual bypassing. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, so talking about how great it is to get you know, such good information from a physician. Mm -hmm. I had had, um, you know, just worked with someone whose physician did not know what was wrong with her highly sensitive body. And so Mm. then told her that, well, this must just be a spiritual journey. And if you just accepted the spiritual journey, then maybe your body would get better. Mm. So I- I, Instead of saying, I don't know. (laughs) Instead of saying, I don't know, let me find someone else who right. does, right? So let's, let's tangent for a little bit into this, mm-hmm. you know, idea of bypassing of the difficulties that we can find ourselves in, in a highly sensitive body and how our sensitivities do not lead to these problems. Mm. Because mm-hmm. I know yeah. you've got you know a lot to say about all of this. I do. So you know the spiritual bypassing conversation is a really important one. I am really happy to see it like front and center in the online spiritual marketplace, right? Like it it needed to happen. Um, our, the field has needed to mature, and and that's I think where the value in spiritual bypassing comes from, right? But mm-hmm. um, you know, like I briefly shared with you. Um, a couple years ago, I was a hospice chaplain and I would regularly be sitting around the table with my white male pastor, Christian colleagues. I was totally the black sheep in the room. Okay. And we would sit around the table and we would be talking about our patients and their needs. And I can't tell you the number of instances in which I would say, why aren't we just validating their spiritual distress? Okay. Mm -hmm. Like, people, even good, you know, you can do everything right in your life and Mm -hmm. still come face to face with some terrible shit at the end. Do you know what I'm saying? Because that's how life works. We are not given a guarantee, even if you're a good girl and you do it all right. Yes. And that's, and that's not how spiritual laws work. And that's a whole different conversation about how they've been taken to mean that, but yeah, that's not how it works. Life (laughs) happens and we can respond to it. Period. Correct. Now, culturally speaking, we have not taught our children or our adults how to really hold complex, contradictory emotions right? Right. Spiritual bypassing is something that has been taught to us. For example, I have a long history in 12-step programs. Mm -hmm. It is, it is like flooded with spiritual bypassing, but it Mm -hmm. serves a purpose. It saves people's life. It band-aids them together. They learn how to like strap it together and, and figure it out. So it has a purpose, but it's not it doesn't really create healing. It's duct tape, right? I, I love how you talk about it like that. I love how you talk about it like a Band-Aid or duct tape. That I think that's the perfect analogy. And I'm not perfect. I am sure that I still have some spiritual bypassing tendencies. Like I also feel like, yes, I want to talk about bypassing, but I'm not above it. So I don't want to 
to yes, feel like course. anything I say is separate, right? Because I'm human and um, there's a lot of virtue signaling, right? That happens online and um, we just, right. where's the space to be human and right. to learn and to make mistakes and to just be with each other because life is incredibly painful and beautiful. Mm -hmm. It's both. And we um, really just as human to human need to learn how to be with people when they're going through awful shit that we can't explain and it doesn't make sense and it's not fair because it happens all the time. Mm -hmm. And those are the stories that don't get highlighted on TV or in media or on social media anywhere. You know, Um, Mm -hmm. there are countless people tucked away in skilled nursing facilities or, you know, bedridden in their homes that, you know, I, I'm always thinking if they read this quote, how would this land for them? Right? Because it's not, it's just, it's another world. So a lot of times I just like to pause and think, okay, you know, is this really applicable to someone who's in the thick of it? Because if Mm -hmm. it's not, is it creating harm? A lot of times this well-meaning spiritual advice or counsel is just spiritual bypassing with a real fucking pretty bow on it wrapped up like a present because they want you to feel good and quit making me feel uncomfortable. That's what's really happening. I was just going to say that. I was like, what's really happening is that it's a gift for the, for the, for, uh, for the giver. Yes. Yes. It's a gift for the giver. Please stop making me uncomfortable. Please stop talking about all these difficult things. Here's this, you know, cliche saying to make it all go away. (laughs) Totally. Now, I mean, I, I just, I always flash back to my, you know, they were great colleagues, you know, they were, they were great people out yeah. in life. And then when we would sit around the table, we, I would just fundamentally disagree and that that's okay. They were going to continue to provide spiritual care in their own way. Mm-hmm. And I do it in mine. And, and, you know, here's the deal. Some people want and feel and sign up for the spiritual bypassing and that's their chosen like belief cosmology right so Mm -hmm. to some degree it works for people until it doesn't and when it doesn't it can really be like a break in the psyche because all of a sudden it's like everything I've been told my whole life especially if it's from a Christian centric worldview just crumbles it it doesn't stand up Mm -hmm. when you really start poking holes in the spiritual bypassing conversation I mean it's really terrifying for people Mm -hmm. so I also have a lot of compassion because again we're just people trying to make it through life the best we can Mm -hmm. and I feel like that gets lost in translation Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. absolutely Absolutely. No, I'm glad you brought it back to that. So, you know, speaking of trying to make it through life the best we can as highly sensitive humans kind of coming back now, you know, we're in this collapsed world. We've got all these sensations. We were talking about, you know, reorienting the satellites. Mm -hmm. What, you know, how else do we manage yeah. Um, you know, in well, the world of collapse. Totally. Can I just share an example from today? Cause that's, it Please. feels like every day I have new examples. It's like, okay. So for example, today I was making a chocolate cake and my hand, this is, it's never happened before, but my hand started cramping. And I mean, like 
my hand hurt so bad for about four minutes. I stood at the kitchen sink and I just thought to myself, like, was this from whisking? Is there something energetically? Like, what is going on? Because mm -hmm. it was severe pain out of nowhere. Okay. Mm -hmm. So in my mind, I'm thinking, well, two weeks ago, I, I was home alone and I was actually choking on some supplements that I had swallowed mm -hmm. and in the same spot where my hand was just cramping like an hour ago. Okay. And I mm -hmm. thought to myself, something's not right. Something like intuitively, something is at play here that I can't totally get my finger on. Right. But something mm -hmm. is going on. And um, recently, I live in very close proximity to my one of my kids' schools, and there was a, a bit of a violent um, event, not terrible, not newsworthy, but definitely a precursor to really concerning behavior, okay? Mm -hmm. So I did some... I did some emergency shamanic work with the mm -hmm. land, with the school. It's my job. My children are there and I'm in close proximity, right? Mm -hmm. Like I feel duty bound. Mm -hmm. I did it knowing that there was going to be a risk that number one, I'm not invisible on the mm -hmm. astral plane, right? Yeah. And secondly, I live so close. I wasn't sure what the fallout was going to be. And this is how I want to tie that in. Mm -hmm. I believe that there was like a, like some kind of energy drain portal suck right at the spot that I was standing at. That is mm -hmm. where I choked and where my hands cramped up to the point where I knew that it was this spot that I needed to remedy this place in my home because I had, you know, I had taken it upon myself to do some land and school healing, mm -hmm. right? So clearly there was a little bit of a fallout, not much, easily remedied, but that was my signal. Mm. If I'm too busy, if I'm not paying attention, if I just think, oh, I made a cake, my hand's cramped. I make cakes all the time, my hand doesn't cramp. Do you know what I mean? It's mm -hmm. learning to slow down and ask questions in the moment. Like mm -hmm. I don't need a story as to why my hand cramps. I'm noticing a pattern. Mm -hmm. There's actually been other things that have happened in this spot in my kitchen and it's been mm -hmm. recent. Mm -hmm. So it's like, I know that there's something about this spot energetically that is off. And then how do I solve that? Right. right? Like mm -hmm. how do I remedy this? Because my body is communicating to me danger warning, like something is wrong. Right. And actually trusting, trusting that guidance, trusting those messages and trusting them, you know, beyond the physical, because we are in both places at once or all the places Absolutely. at once, however you want to define that. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I just, in that moment, gave myself permission to go with the vision that I had. I have reliable helping spirit guides, you know, on the other side to help me intervene, mm -hmm. do the heavy lifting, remedied, and then moved on. My hand was fine five minutes later, yeah. fine, gone, poof, mm -hmm. right? So mm -hmm. it's just really for me, um, you know, I'm 36, I'm probably a lot weirder than I think, but I'm always coming to terms with who I am, like constantly, mm -hmm. like yeah. I didn't choose to have a body that was sensitive and in tuned like this, but I do. So, so be it moving on, right? Mm -hmm. Like if I yeah. want to feel good, then I have to pay attention and I have to work with what I have.
Mm-hmm. One of the things that's helped me is understanding that I can be, that, that I am different. I'm, I'm growing, I'm evolving yes. and that can be a daily thing. Yes. So who I was yesterday, you know, maybe large chunks of that will still be intact the next day, but I'm still a different person. I'm still getting to know myself and yes. getting to, um, you know, be, be gentle and generous and, and permissive with that self. You know, and that makes me, I, I, when you were saying that I was thinking about how there's so much daily variance, like day to day, who I am and how my body is, is wildly different day to day. And so Uh just giving myself permission that I'm going to meet my own needs first. Mm -hmm. And then if I can meet the needs of someone who has specifically invited and asked me to, Mm -hmm. then I can say yes, if I choose. But everything else doesn't even get a consideration. Like I'm not going out seeking people to save, right? Like I'm not, I'm just, it's taking minding my own business to a different level. It's minding my own business and living for myself and Mm -hmm. living for a better vision of the future that I know we can get there if we are all doing our work. Right. And so much of our, I think this is so much of our work as highly sensitive people, this concept of permission, because what permission does is help us build resiliency and capacity Mm -hmm. so that we can stand in the world while it's burning. Yes. Right. We're here. We're here. Exactly. We're here. And if if we can't free up our energy, if we can't turn those satellites inward, then, then we, then we will collapse with the world there because it's not sustainable for us to be, you know, just taking up other people, you know, um, serving other people's needs. We have to have that 80% towards us and we need highly sensitive people in the world. You know, we, oh, absolutely. I absolutely. so, I so believe that, you know, we are part of kind of the indicator species of what's happening in the human ecosystem, right? We sense yeah. what's going on. We're the early warning signal and we have intuition on, um, you know, on how to pioneer ways forward. Like we like you said, nobody yeah. knows what yeah. needs to happen, but your example in the kitchen, I think was such a, such, such a great example of this. We have those intuitions, we have those inklings about what to do next. And the more that we are aware of what's just going on with us, then if, from time to time, we can turn those satellites outward to the healing of the earth that needs to happen, to the healing of the human psyche that needs to mm-hmm. happen. Mm-hmm. Then we can you know, generate creative ideas and whatever, you know, whatever our part is, whatever our part is. Yeah. But I think it's so important that this old advice of highly sensitive people, well, we need to turn off the news and we need to, you know, hermit ourselves away. While that can be helpful sometimes, you know, the point is really what you were talking about, granting permission so that we have capacity. Oh yeah. Yeah. And permission, building capacity, resilience. And then also like I, I take very seriously the idea of safeguarding my sphere of influence. And when I say that I'm talking about my psychic sphere, like for Mm -hmm. example, I regularly get the mail psychically before it either pings my inbox or my, my mailbox. Like I'll just think, Oh, 
I'm I'm not expecting it. I'll just think it. And then it's there. So Mm -hmm. just knowing that if, okay, if I'm fucking psychically getting the mail, what else am I getting? Right? Exactly. What, what downloads are like under the radar? (laughs) Yes. Really cleaning up, just being absolutely mindful and paying attention what's getting in and what's getting out. And I'm not Mm -hmm. saying that we can control Mm-mm. everything. I'm saying just eyes wide open people. You just mm-hmm. need to, to see, just know, right? If mm-hmm. you know, then you know. If you don't know, then you don't know, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's a that's a problem if you don't know. Mhm. Mhm. Absolutely. I love, you know, you you talk in, in your work about a third eye detox. Um, I do. I, yeah. I love this concept. Do you want to explain it for us? Yeah. Yeah. So actually I retired it because I'm building it into a bigger program, but Perfect. the concept is, um, you know, intuitive people, we tend to be like up in our heads and not so embodied with practices. Right. So when it comes to safeguarding your, in, you know, safeguarding your sphere of influence, that is what a third eye detox does, but it anchors it in positive body-based behaviors. Mm-hmm. For example, um, I like to drive in silence. Mm-hmm. Like I, I know, me too. <laughs> I love it. And I get so much psychic communication during that time period that I've really learned to appreciate that space. But I also know that unless you try it and experiment, you, you never know what the potential of like that 40 minutes has for you. Right. Mm -hmm. And there are so many opportunities in our daily lives and, and throughout, you know, the week that we can just start creating space and pockets of emptiness where you're actually clearing it out and doing nothing so that a couple of things can happen. One, you can meet yourself without all the distraction. Mm -hmm. Secondly, you can pay attention to what's coming in Mm -hmm. and then, then you can say, okay, you know what? My body's telling me, but if we're too busy all the time, running around distracted, then we never get those awarenesses and insights. And Absolutely. so then we don't learn it, you know, ultimately don't learn that about ourselves. Right. And, um, and what I've seen, what I've seen happen is that, you know, highly sensitive people would be like, well, you know, I need an attunement or I need, I'm like, you don't need anything yeah. except space. <laughs> You do not need an attunement. You do not need, you know, a thing Mm. to be opened up for you. You are open and cluttered Mm. because of life, right? Right. You know, no, no fault put anywhere, but just like, yeah, we need, we need space. We Mm. need calm. We need clear, just like you were saying, you know, and then we're shifting those satellites in and we're bringing our awareness to what's coming in. Yeah, totally. You know, it's, as the world spins faster, which I mean, I think most of us agree that time does feel like it's moving faster, whether that's a function of age or just the times that we're living in, I'm not entirely sure, but I have learned that now keep in mind, this is, I am someone who watched every second of the Kavanaugh hearing like glued. I was studying it. I I heard I heard, um, God, I can't remember the South Carolina Senator's name, but, but, um, the one who got real angry, who had the outburst. Right. I can't remember either, but I know what you're talking. I Graham, Lindsey Graham, Lindsay I think. Graham. Yeah. Okay. okay. Or, or maybe that's the pastor. I don't know. Either way, you know who I'm talking about, but he had this moment, Anna, where he said, 
I feel like I'm in an intergalactic council or something like that. And a light bulb went out and I thought, okay, you know, I know we like to joke about the matrix being a movie or like a concept that we can work with. But for me, that was a turning point when I thought, okay, this shit, this isn't right. This is all smoke and mirrors. Nothing I'm looking at is real. And at that point in time, I stopped obsessing over the news. Of course, Mm -hmm. I still pay attention loosely, very lightly, broad stroke. I'm not getting emotionally involved um, because, and I don't want that to sound like I'm distant or not involved. What I'm saying is I'm putting my fight where it belongs instead of them beating it out of me before we get to the real fight. Yes, because that's uh, yes. what they're doing. They're exhausting yes. us. They're tricking yes. us. They're exhausting us. They're telling us they're pitting us against each other. Mm-hmm. And they are draining our resources so that when the battle is really necessary, we're going to be too fucking tired and, mm-hmm. and sick and worn out. Mm-hmm. So I, that is also one of the reasons why highly sensitive people, why I want us to learn how to s- turn the switch because we are the first ones to go down, right? Yes, we are the ones with the illness and the mysterious things, um, crying in the room for help and nobody knows what's going on. Mm-hmm. It, it will reach others. I don't mm-hmm. know the time frame, mm-hmm. um, but you know, like the canary in the coal mine, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's often talked about, I think I've heard it with sensitive people. I've heard about it with black women specifically, mm-hmm. just, um, you know, that the canary in the coal mine, and I was, I was fleshing this out with a good, sensitive, really sensitive friend. She's super smart. And we were saying like, why doesn't this sit well with me? Right? What, what about this metaphor isn't landing well? And we were talking about how the canary is sacrificed. Yes. I was just going to say. (laughs) We were send, we're saying, oh, look at this sweet little canary sending it. We are intentionally sacrificing that. And I thought, you know what? I can no longer talk about sensitive people being canaries in the coal mine because of that. And so learning how to free ourselves, free bird instead Mm -hmm. of sacrificial bird, right? Mm -hmm. That's what we're living through right now. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. And when we are tied, when we don't have permission and when we are tied to all of these things energetically, we will go down in, in some form mm-hmm. or another, right? So, so cutting, cutting these cords, cutting these ties, turning the satellites back in so that, like you said, I'm following what's going on. I'm aware. Mm-hmm. I'm aware enough to, um, uh, to still be focused on me and know what's going on out there. So I know where the fight is. Oh, totally. And by the way, CNN is not, or Fox News or whatever channel is not where I get my pulse in the world. And I actually don't even take it from social media anymore because that's a whole bunch of smoke and mirrors. Exactly. We don't, it's it's just total fuckery on there. Um, Now there is good stuff to find, but you cannot be distracted by the glitz and the glamour or by the the drama the pulls right and but still be emotionally invested and putting action towards the right things and Mm -hmm. you know for for you and where your life takes you it's going to be different for where me and my life takes me Mm -hmm. and i think there's room for all of that right Mm -hmm. i don't necessarily hear anyone telling me that but that's 
what I've come to on my own terms because the alternative is total depletion, illness, and suffering, mm -hmm. which no, thank you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So I'm curious, Sarah, you said that you were pulling um, something together, some new program. Do you have anything kind of coming down the pike that, that listeners can I look do. forward to? Yeah, you know, I thought that it would be ready in October, but it's probably looking like November or December because um, just, you know, my children, you know, they yeah. I love right. them, but they have yeah. their own special needs. And um, so I don't have a date, but what I've done is I'm creating something called Invoke the Invisible, and it's all about healthy energy habits for sensitive people. Mm. And I'm taking, you know, of course, there's grounding and centering, and um, which are classic, you know, classic uh, rituals and practices that every sensitive person needs to do. But what I'm really passionate about is critical thinking, and mm. I love to just just look at all the information. So I really take these practices and explore them from a spiritual perspective, but also from uh, an electrical nutrition perspective. Oof. Because for me, the two conversations have become intertwined. And what's happened is, is the woo-woo has just taken these actually scientifically, right? Like grounding recharges our cellular mm -hmm. battery mm -hmm. is not a woo-woo thing at all if you're right. having direct contact with the earth. But we've right. like managed to get all confused and now it's just a woo-woo thing and it's not at all. But see, that's one of the ways that they get us. They woo-woo things and they say, I'm saying they as in, you know, you can decide whoever they is for yourself, but <laughs> um, this is one of the ways that they get us is they minimize or they categorize a really powerful tool as woo-woo or weird, right? So then we start to have this seed of doubt that it's like not actually going to do anything. So then we've shot ourselves in the foot. Does that make sense? It totally makes sense. And I actually love that you're tackling the critical thinking aspect. That's not an aspect that I've seen other people tackle. And so yeah. I am so excited to see somebody doing it. So please let us know when it's out. I'll Thank make you. sure to, to <laughs> take you. a look and spread the word. That's awesome. So it's, it's definitely, well, I just wanted to say it's definitely like, I, I always temper, I tend to temper my, um, my perspective and I'm really working on not doing that because even in the sensitive community, I think that there's this idea that we should be soft-spoken and we like flowers and, you know, <laughs> that it's got to look a certain way. And it's not true. Like I am one of the loudest people you'll ever meet naturally. Okay. Yes. Mm -hmm. And I'm also extremely sensitive. So if someone was looking just at the, at the, you know, or just through the words I say, like, I want to be able to be sharp and critical about something. And that is totally separate of the sensitive experience, right? They do not negate each other and they are different things. Right. And, it, you know, and I think it's one of the ways that we associate, you know, we lump everything into kind of feminine masculine categories and devalue them. Like being sensitive means that you're soft and means that you're weak. And it's like, right. no, I Not can be all. sensitive and sharp and critical and sarcastic and cuss like a sailor. And those things are not contradicted. Those, those things right. are all different things that make up who I am, but my experience of the world is through a sensitive body. Right. Which by right. the way, just in circling back to this, you know, bypassing discussion is mm -hmm. 
this is one of the medicines that sensitive people bring. We are so complex and contradictory that it really boggles people. Like it boggles me and I'm having the experience. So I can always imagine (laughs) what it's like for someone on the outside. But see, this is where we're amazingly skilled is that we can inhabit almost any experience. We can hold paradox very well. It's, I'm telling you, we're the best at it. I'm you know, we are. We are. Yeah, I think we are. And it's such an important skill, I think, to have. You know, and it's funny that you say that, you know, we're so boggling because one of the reasons that to this day he'll admit it that my husband fell in love with me, he, he said, I cannot put you in any box. Mm. And he goes, Yay. that's terrifying <laughs> and intriguing, you know? Yeah. And it was yeah. like, yeah, I can't put me in a box either. You know, like there, there are no boxes that can hold this. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. So Sarah, what do you want to leave our listeners with? What's one thing you want the listeners to know? Oh, you know, actually, when you asked me that, I, all of a sudden felt really tearful. I was remembering, I can't tell you how many years I sat in the corner of like intuitive trainings, sick so sick from just being in a room full of other sensitive people. And then the isolation that I felt on top of it, because it was like, well, I thought I was with my people in this training, but then to be the one who was like transmuting all the whatever in the room was, it was too much. And I've only met a handful of people who have been similar. And so What I think I want to say is that there's no right or wrong way to be a highly sensitive person. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it definitely exists on a spectrum. And so even if you're at the upper, upper end of sensitivity like me, there's so much hope, right? Like I have managed to take total depletion, illness, I mean like terrifying illness and bounce back to a point where I didn't think it was possible. Yes, I've needed help. Yes, I've needed the exact right resources and people, but they're out there. And I think this is the most important piece. What we need right now is just being created. They didn't exist two years ago. I dare say it didn't exist six months ago. We are literally living on the edge. New things are being created and that's what we need right? It's not going to be found behind us. And I say that with the caveat that that is totally separate from, you know, ancestral healing and being rooted in lineage. Like, I, I don't mean that at all to contradict that. It's both. Yes, I, I hear you. Oh, yeah. That's wonderful. Well, thank you so much for this conversation today. It, it was Thank you, Anna. Fabulous. You're welcome. Thanks again for listening to the show. All of the show notes, links, and references can be found at www.sensitivityuncensored.com. If you'd like to read more about high sensitivity or intuition, sign up for my mailing list, book an intuitive reading with me, or learn about my membership or school, please visit my website at www.sensitivityuncensored.com.